Um, Good morning. There are 12 million workers, taxpayers in Australia, and what we're talking about today is going to apply to 6 million of them. So tune in, ask questions. My name is Michael Bergio, Mark Novak with Morning Minutes, and we have two great special guests to talk about uh, JobKeeper, which will help 6 million Australian workers. We have Brett Kelly, on CEO of Kelly Partners, and Daniel, how do you pronounce his surname? Cheer. Daniel Works. Um, I hate you. How are you going? <laughs> great, Michael. Great, Mark. How are you? Perfect. Good, gents. Good, good. So um, we, we just, just off air before, we were going through some pretty impressive stuff, which what the government's done. And um, just, just to elaborate, guys, on how important this is to Australians, half of the working Australians are benefiting from what we're just about to talk about. And some of these, um, there are still some people that have not qualified, but I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's made us not panic, gents, don't you think? Yeah, 100% gives some um, certainty and stability to the economy for 10 seconds, which has been nice. And you wouldn't really know because, um, because we're safe, we're, we're in the bosom of, the, of, the, uh, of, of JobKeeper, whereas if we were not there, there could have been a lot of jobs and a, a lot of uh, a lot of employees being super conservative and getting rid of jobs. And the reality is that hasn't happened. Yes, yeah, totally. yeah, spot on. So I think we saw in the first like before they announced job, was a quick little like instance of people letting other people and um, you know within ten seconds have obviously solved that problem, which has been really good. So Mark, it's it's worth understanding that in the first week of the crisis nearly 2 million Australians lost their jobs. And that's out of a working population, a taxpaying population of about 12 million Australians. It's estimated the JobKeeper wow. program covers fully 50% of all working Australians. And most of those 2 million Australians, certainly three quarters are likely to, to, to essentially be reinstated under the JobKeeper program. And what the program allows is that instead of massive queues outside Centrelink, which you saw at the beginning of the crisis, yeah. worked out that it was better to give the money to employers and get them to ship it out to um, employees than try and do it all through Centrelink because, you know, obviously no Australian wants to see five or six million Australians um, lining up outside a Centrelink office um, trying, to, uh, trying to get paid. Yeah, and I Sorry, guys, it is old news what we're talking about today, but today we now have an enormous clarity around the magnitude, the benefits, and exactly how this works. So I think it's an important segment because now we're, you know, we've got, we've got down and dirty and a real heavy understanding about it, which we want to share. Yeah, because I think a lot of people were throwing the word around JobKeeper, but no one really knew like everyone, no one knew how to use it, what to do, what's the back end of it. So like we know, especially when it comes to commercial property, we've got the formula now. Um, once you've basically demonstrated, you got your 30% down and JobKeeper is a key document to help businesses potentially like Mark, speak to landlords with their rent. Cause I know a lot of when a tenant, if you'd sort of look through how it's going to work. A lot of tenants engage the real estate agent or landlord saying, hey, I'm affected. I need, we need to do a deal with the rent. Basically the first word a landlord says or the agent, can we see the approval from JobKeeper? Because that just gives you that qualification that yes, it, you've been confirmed to be down 30%. So I think when it, this is important to go through how that actually works. So that way landlords and tenants and and agents aren't just throwing the word, do you have your JobKeeper certificate? Let's actually go through it. And also one of the main reasons, I had an owner uh, say to me today that the tenant said she doesn't qualify for it. And I was like, well, what, why would that be that you don't qualify? And if we can sort of cover that, then we sort of can arm ourselves with the information. Because if someone says they don't qualify and they want a reduction, are they just lying? Or are there some genuine reasons why people can't qualify if they yep. are in hardship because that's what you don't want you don't want to, an owner doesn't want to be calling bullshit basically on someone who's actually affected not mm. just someone Michael who's... that's a good really good point and and Danny and I can go through it with you I think we can also later today send you a bit of a cheat sheet for your agents to think about how to ask 
those questions because there are some people that aren't covered that are genuinely experiencing hardship. And the largest category of those people are the people that haven't been employed for 12 months um, at the time, at the 1st of March. So if they weren't employed for 12 months, they won't qualify and they may well be experiencing real hardship because they will have lost their job and they won't be eligible for JobKeeper. But there's not that many people in that situation, which is helpful. Hmm. Um, but it certainly, you know, it, it certainly isn't the case um, that if you're not on JobKeeper, then then you haven't experienced any hardship. But maybe, Danny, maybe you can pull up the um, the presentation. We've got some nine uh, nine key questions in PowerPoint, which we can share back to you, Michael and Mark, for your people. And also, we've got we'd love to show you the way that we handle this for a client so that they can maximize um, their benefits from these programs. Love it. And these, not, these nine questions are asked by who? Um, these have been asked by typical business owners to, Perfect. to us. Um, and they're just on page three. I know what, are you guys seeing it as a proper slideshow or you're seeing my yep. screen? Yep, yep, yep. I'm seeing your screen, your screen. All right, cool. We'll just punch through it this way. Yep. All right, so nine questions are here. Beautiful. Can you see that? Yeah, that looks great. Looks good. Yep, yep. All right, so, so to touch on that last point you were saying there, BK, the other people that we're seeing have um, an issue were some businesses that, have, businesses that have gone through high growth in the last 12 months. Yeah. They've worked really hard to grow their businesses, then they've grown significantly. They've had a 30% drop this financial year but not versus last financial year. So they're 30% down from last quarter or the quarter before. They've got the costs for a full-size business, but they're not going to pass on the basis that it's not 30% versus last year. Yeah, so we can have a look um, at that. It's a, it's a very good question. Why don't we hold that that specific one for the end? Yeah. Um, because there is some work that we can do to help that type of business. Yeah, we've had a big order, a booming business. Real estate was a real estate market. If you're an agency, was very strong back then compared to. So it's basically year on year. Correct, year on year. So let's let's run through it, guys. The most important thing is that if you want to qualify for JobKeeper, you need to get your application in through your accountant or, or direct with the tax office by the 24th of April. That's a Friday, or technically Sunday, the 26th of April. And, Just and that's not your that's not the expression of interest brett that everyone already has done that's actual yep. an application which opens next monday okay so right now they can do an expression of interest form yep. they can do that now and then they can submit it on the 20th or any time from monday before the 24th and okay. so it's very important that we don't miss that date if you want to access the full program Okay, and so they can uh, go through their accountant, which is what, or they could do it directly. But we'll go through probably the benefits of speaking to someone like you guys to make sure that application is right from day one, especially if you need relief now. The last thing you want is for them to come back and say you've misfilled this out or you don't qualify. So take it away. Let's just assume they're running it through you guys. So they want to register and they engage you guys. So step two. So, so second part is who has to register, employer or employee. Employers register, so it's a business that has to register, but they have to notify all their employees that they've registered on their behalf because an employee can only get it from one employer, obviously. Can't go get JobKeeper from four different places. Yeah, okay, yep. Makes sense. Um, this is the big one which is touched on and Brel, I'll let you speak to it a bit, but calculating the 30% discount uh, reduction on turnover. So what are we comparing and how? So this is really important. It, it's, you need to look at March versus March or April versus April, but there's a five week April and a four week April. So there's an issue in, in, the, in the calendar. And then we can look at quarter this year to quarter last year. So it's March this year versus March last year, April versus April or quarter versus quarter. There is the provision within the legislation for us to use our brains, make an argument, make some, take some judgment, but that needs to be supported and it needs to be rigorously supported because there's more than four pages of serious sort of non-compliance uh, measures that the ATO and the, and the government have legislated here. So if, if anyone tries to do the bodgy here, they'll be in a fair bit of trouble. 
So we can do that work. It's not work that can be done through very easily directly. Um, you basically need to write up the business case as to what has actually happened and why there is this change. And then, you, you know, in tax talk, you've got to have a reasonably arguable position. And so if you do have that business that's grown a lot, you know, the last 12 weeks over the 12 weeks before, there is the opportunity to do some work on that. It's very atypical and we would need to support it strongly. But I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. People shouldn't just go, oh, I don't qualify. I don't think I qualify. This is very, you know, this is the, the guide to this legislation, the introductory or what's called an explanatory memorandum is over 100 pages. So this right. is extremely complex. Um, and so, you know, go to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and actually get some advice and, and, and make sure they help you qualify. Um, but hey, guys, I just, I just thought about something. With commercial rents, there's a stipulation saying that the um, tenant has to, has to uh, be on job keeper. We can't actually pass through or negotiate any commercial rents until this qualification process passes. So, Mark, that's not entirely true. Um, right. The commercial, the, the guide, is, as I understand, for commercial tenants is a guidelines. Um, mm. They're not hard legislation. JobKeeper's hard now, federal legislation. Yep. So what we've been doing with landlords is we've just been having, you know, a grown-up conversation around what we can see. And, and I must say, most of the landlords have said, yeah, look, why don't we look at it this month? and look at it again next month and work together to try and make it work. They don't want to lose a tenant and they would like to get some rent um, rather than, you know, uh, most commercial landlords are pretty experienced. They don't, they don't really need the government to tell them how to do a deal. Um, so let's, let's talk a bit about that. Um, Got it. Maybe, okay. yeah, but there's, there's a real role for the agent here to, to advise and, and assist their, their landlords as, as well as their tenants. Um, just just a quickie. What if this this was for a gym group. You know, what if a studio has dropped in the last quarter by thirty percent, but mm. hasn't dropped by that much compared to this time last year? And so there are many businesses that have had to close. If you've got an office, an agency that's had to close, there's no legislation forcing them to close at the moment. But if they've had to close, then you can use a projection. And in all of these cases, we can use a, a projection, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise using a projection done on a, a sort of a napkin. It needs to be an actual proper exercise in- um, There's gonna be a lot of audit. There's gonna be a lot of questions asked from the ATO. So you gotta make sure you've done things properly. But, you know, so we've got to do a proper job, but uh, you know, it's, not, it's not so black and white that people should get too stressed. Um, can, you, can you claim JobKeeper until the end of September? And I think this is a great one, guys. You know, no one knows. The government is saying that this this could last six months. That the lockdown, you know, could last another six weeks, four weeks. No one actually knows. And so, what happens if your turnover is down now on one of these tests? And we can use any one of these three tests plus our judgment and a projection. But what happens if next quarter it's up? If you qualify for JobKeeper just at one time under one of these tests then you qualify for the full length of the program. And that's why you want to get this done before the 24th of April, mm. because hopefully you'll qualify for the entire period, but you'll get in and drive and innovate and you'll get your, you'll get your sales back. And the government's okay with that because they're trying to support your business. Um, they yeah, don't punish you if you do a good month. So that'd be happy if you do a good month, that'd be very, very pleased for you to do a good month. Yeah. Okay. So basically down 30% and they're quite, they're not very, they're not, um, they don't have tunnel vision looking at the 30%. So basically easiest way is compare it to last year of the same month down 30%, but obviously there can be heaps of variables and it's really good that they're open to, um, to they're, it sounds like they're very open to find out how you can get in the program not try and keep you out of the program and find loopholes. This is the first time in the Australia's history, Michael um, and Mark, this is the first time in Australia's history where the ATO are trying to give business owners money and they're yeah. basically begging you to take the money and keep your best people employed because they don't want 5 million people turning up at Centrelink next week. Because yep. they simply couldn't. And, that's, and, and, and guys and girls who are watching, you, uh, who didn't get that beginning part, 
this is huge because you, you just mentioned two million people within the first week of COVID lost their jobs, and then this program was introduced uh, by out, out of out of out of the prime minister's mouth, and that stopped the trigger. That stopped employers pulling the trigger. Uh, this so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So what are the other points? So let's just assume... Let's well, number six, it's it qualifies a once-off test. Can directors claim the job keeper? Now, Danny here's our managing partner of our Northern Beaches office, and he's in the field every day working with, with owners. Danny, you know that if, if it, there's many different types of structures, one director can claim it. What are you doing with your, with your clients? So, 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 Zach, so we obviously have structured things in ways for a long period of time, not thinking about having people to be employees and things like that. So... Um, essentially one person can claim it from whether it's a trust, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a company and they're a director, they have to be working in the business. So it's not just, um, you know, go claim every director. They do have to be working in the business. Um, but we are having conversations about what's the right entity to claim this under given a lot of our clients have complex structures with different entities doing different things. So it, it's, you know, one person can get it, make sure you're having a conversation and understanding where the best place to get it is or the right place to get it is. Great. So then number eight and number nine was sort of, we were asked, you know, what's the full scope of the stimulus that's available? So there's cash boosting, PAYG relief, there's payroll tax relief, there's rent um, relief, there's an opportunity to, to get up to $250,000 lent to you from your bank if you're in good standing pre the crisis um, at, at super duper interest rates. There's the opportunity to draw down from your superannuation. And I guess, you know, this is an enormous $320 billion, you know, bunch of measures. Um, so there is really a, an enormous amount of um, money being offered. There's 10,000 bucks, you know, this quarter, 10,000 bucks next quarter for virtually every business in Australia um, through the PAYG program. And then what I'd love Danny to show you is the way that we're doing this with clients. We've basically got a fantastic 12-page booklet. It yeah. means that we can prepare the work in a way that makes you bulletproof from a tax office audit perspective, which in two years' time, that's what, that's what the issue is going to be. There's very, very severe penalties for a director or anyone that engages in tax fraud. It's, these days, they, they rise to sort of criminal charges. So it's very, very important that you get this done properly. And so what we've done is put this workbook together so that you've got not only an opportunity to maximize the access to the scheme and, and all of the, the handouts that are available, there's, there's local government, there's state government, there's federal government schemes, but also it just gives you a record for today that shows how your cash flow's improved and also for tomorrow that makes you audit proof. Do you want to flick that Excel up? I just got a quick question from Diane. Diane has asked, what happens if your business wasn't operating a year ago? And you've had a 30% drop. So, so I think with people like that, we're going to have to go to the ATO and apply, which is what Brett was touching on before. So putting together a, a, you know, a real good story and real good information around what's happened to your business since COVID-19 kicked in, yep. um, and taking that to the ATO to have a conversation. Make a and case. Case. And, and, and important for Diane and you, Michael, assume that the government wants to support your business. If you have a legitimate business that legitimately employs people. And so yeah. go get your accountant to, to help you qualify. The ATO, you know, this was first cut legislation that was done over 10 days. Mm. And there will be amendments that I believe will, will likely cover some of these little nuances that, that are coming to light. But don't sit there and disqualify yourself. Get an expert to help you qualify. Yeah. And what what some of the how, how do you qualify? Like what supporting documents? Uh, I'm I'm sure people are sitting back going, okay. Everyone says like, what what documents is it? Do you need? Uh, I suppose if you're a, a barber shop, for example. So how do you, what what do you need? Do you need your bank statements? I'm sure that you would have had some software to track orders. Like, do you need to have three sources of evidence of how many orders you took before and how many dollars that equaled? Like what sort yeah, of the- They should automatically be able to see through your BAS yep. what has changed in your business. So for 95% of businesses, it'll be very automatic. The, the systems are very digitized and it will be quite hassle-free. For other businesses, 
such as Diane, who's got a different situation, then there'll be more work sort of that, ne that needs to be done sort of off the field outside the, the digital um, tax BAS lodgement system. Hey guys, the, the big message I get from this and, you know, that $320 billion is standing out. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't mean to be like Christian City Church or anything, but this is really, really good news to Australians. It's really, really good work from the government. It is, it is, it has killed panic out of, out of uh, a lot of the marketplace. This is, this is big, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Danny, just pop that screen up. Can you pop our, our number two up? Page two of that Prezzo. Oh, sorry, of your Prezzo. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Let me get back to it. So, so Mark, that's, this is, if, if you are in real estate, the impact, you know, you might want to send up a prayer and thanks to ScoMo, both sides of parliament and, and every uh, politician who's probably done something useful um, in this instance, without question, the impact of, you know, 30 to 50% unemployment and, and very real talk of a depression would mean that 95% of real estate agents would be entirely like, like 95% of, of the population would be basically useless. Except um, for Novak, except for Novak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's easy for people to be watching the news and hear commentators say, look, there could be a depression and go, oh, okay, well, pass me a latte. Um, you know, it, a, a recession and a depression are not the difference between, you know, a long black and a short black. Um, the difference between a recession and a depression uh, is, is, is something you don't even want to think about. And so when you see a $320 billion stimulus package, you know, that's almost, that, that's raised Australia's national debt by nearly 40%. Now that national debt we've built up over 200 years. So wow. this is the government saying that this is extremely serious. It, it is much, much, much more serious than the GFC. And so they've pulled out all the big guns at once. And so we will send you this one pager to share with your, your network. But, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine programs that you can see on that page. And there's state government programs and local government programs. Basically, every arm of government is doing everything they can to keep the economy moving because they do know this is a temporary situation. So why let a temporary situation do permanent damage? Yeah, that's huge to when you think of it that way. So the national debt has increased by 40%. The national debt was done, well, we got that debt over 200 years and we increased it by 40% in four weeks, basically. Yeah, literally. That's so huge. Think about every business in Australia, whether it's accounting like us or real estate like you, there's not one of our clients um, in a globalised very interconnected and interdependent, interdependent economy that wouldn't have been affected by the economy effectively stopping. Yeah. Economies are not designed to stop. No, that's yeah. huge. I think that sort of clicks in because obviously you, you, you hear big numbers, but some like a big number, it's all relative. Like to, compared to $1 big uh, is small compared to $100, but it's all relative. So when you, when you hear it that way about the debt level, then it's like, aha. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, this was a federal government. The DNA of a liberal government is to deliver a surplus. And yes. Australia was, was on track to deliver its first surplus in 15 years since the Howard government. Yeah. Essentially, these guys had, you know, had, had sort of nailed their colours to the mast saying, we'll deliver a sur surplus. Now, for a government of that nature, you know, it's like having a grandma who, who wore the same pair of jeans for 50 years and wouldn't spend a cent on anything, you turn up one day for Sunday lunch and she gives everyone a hundred thousand bucks and you know <laughs> he's, he's drinking beers by the dozen and you're yeah, like, well, grandma, right? This is totally out of the nature of a liberal government to do. And and the, the reason I'm stressing that guys is that that's how serious the situation is. Yeah. I guess can we pull down that slideshow? And I want to, yeah, yeah, I want to focus on you a little bit more because that was that was really well said. That was really yeah. really well said. So, um, it's huge. This is this is uh, this is overwhelmingly, you know, this is like taking a bazooka to a kids under six soccer game, right? Um, yeah, yeah. 
it's this is an overwhelming attempt to keep businesses operating and to keep people in employment because unemployment you know yourselves guys if you're owning a business you lose confidence what do you do well you sack the secretary you get rid of the the junior sales guy and then you get rid of the most next junior guy and then you sit there and work three times as hard yourself those couple of moves in small businesses that employ 70 percent of all australians it's not whether Qantas or virgin fire a thousand people it's whether the small businesses that you operate and that we look after um, right across the country, if they just terminate one or two people each, you've got yeah. gigantic employment. And, and the knock-on yeah. effect of that is they don't go to the beautician to have their nails done. They don't go, guy doesn't go to the barber. You don't buy any bread down the road. You can make it yourself. You know, you start, you know, World War II and in the Depression, the government gave out guys as to how to build, how to grow your own food in your own backyard. So you don't go to the supermarket. None of us can, can I... remember, you know, that sort of mindset. Is this what World War Three looks like, Mr. Accountant? Yeah, this is what, you know, an economic World War Three looks like. This is where, you know, if you think about a world war, you can't get on a plane and go to Italy for, for a holiday. You don't need any skis. You don't, you know, this is, this is really bad, right? Okay, you can't ski. Yeah. You can't yeah. go to the beach, right? You can't yeah. go to the beach in case somebody bombs you. You know, you can't leave your house. You've got to, every time they put off the, the, the shelter, you've got to run underneath. This yep. is what, you know, an economic world war looks like. For the first time last night, uh, so it came out last night that for, the, that for the first time since 1972, China's experienced negative GDP growth in a quarter, so minus 6.8%. 1972, 50 years. Now, they've grown at over 6% a year every year since 1972. China is the second largest economy in the world. The US have, have got more than 20 million people in the last four weeks have registered for unemployment and it hasn't stopped. Now, these are the two, you know, if you can imagine a, a 747, a big A380 jet, these are the two big jets, the US and China, that run the world's economy. Australia's economy is this big, the, you know, about that big. And the Chinese economy is about that big. And the US economy is about that big. So, you know, it's, it's 20 trillion, the US economy, it's 12 trillion, the, the um, Chinese economy, and, and we're about SFA, which is code for not much. So, you know, this is, this is big. And, and so if you own a business and you're not getting expert advice, and we'll, we'll show you this spreadsheet because the government are handing out money like never before, um, then for a small business, the numbers are big. Um, then you're out of your mind. And if you're not thinking about getting up early, staying up late and finding at least five new ways to engage with your customer, then you're not thinking straight. This is not business as normal. It's not about to, in six weeks' time, go back to how it was six weeks ago because there's been very, very significant and long-lasting damage done to the global economy. Um, you know, this temporary... I see you for businesses that will last six months and that gives you six months to think about how to make your business more competitive. Now, the good news is that most Australians have been out to lunch and most Australians are now looking at the government going, please save me so I can stay out to lunch. But what would be better if would be certainly for business owners, if we wake up, you know, eyes wide open and say, okay, what do I have to do to help my clients more to add more value to lower my cost base and to work a little bit harder, like get up early, start late type of stuff. The old fashioned stuff your mum and dad did and everyone that you know that's successful or, you know, continues to do. Whilst spending more time with your family and kids, you're doing it all. Well, the reality is that this idea of a balanced life is sort of a Western indulgence. Um, you know, that the, the markets you're competing against in India and China and the rest of the global economy those people don't wake up every day and say, well, look, you know, I need, I need time for yoga in the morning and Pilates in the afternoon, um, three lattes, and I'll see if I can fit some working in between. These people work, really work. And yeah. so, you know, that's that's the world we're going into. This, this, this will change the way business is done. You can see what we're doing this morning. It'll be normal for you to engage digitally with a vendor. It'll be normally, it'll be, you know, your business needs to be entirely digitized that you can, sign agreements that you can exchange documents that you can meet with your clients now most businesses I, I, the good news I feel, is i feel guilty saying that i like i like i like what you're saying like i like that i think it i think we're better 
Well, the good news is, Mark, any business owner with a bit of, bit of get, up, get up and go at the moment is motivated by change. They're challenged by the environment. It gives them more energy. And, and what I was coming to is, is this is actually good news because the average punter in your industry that's been stealing some of your market share just because they breathe, they're out of the game. So it's game on. You know, you're, you should look at your local competitors, make a list and work out which ones are won't be there in 12 months because 20 oh, yeah, look, well, out of 185 agencies, we're the only one that's, that's going to last. Well, the reality is it's just all, yeah. I'd you know, make that list, Mark. I would encourage yeah. you guys to make the list of the 185 today because I, I can tell you in 12 months time, it won't be 185. And so the question yeah, wow. is, right, who do you want to be when you grow up, right? Because in yeah, 12 yeah. months time, There'll be some number less than 185. Yeah. And that's what we need to talk about that, as what you said, the economic side of it a lot more. And it is the same as war. Everyone's talking about, a lot of people are talking about the health side, which yes, is important, has, it, it's, it's um, imperative, but people aren't realizing, like when people make that sort of offhanded comment, like lock us down, you, you heard it, especially in yeah. the first week, everyone was just so willingly just like, lock it down, let's close for six months. Like yeah. just not, realizing the repercussions of it being closed for six hours or restricted. So it's really, obviously it's not great to hear what the situation we are, but it needs to be brought to light. So people understand they stay productive because we've got so many businesses um, voluntarily closing or voluntarily working from home. Like it's sort of, I think some people have almost in, I don't want to say careful with the words, not say enjoying this or, but a lot of people are so quick to be like, yep, I'm going home, quarantine. Where it's like, you, you, know, know, you, know, like, you like, know what I found? You know what I found, guys? It's it's Animal Kingdom and people's inner animal has come out. It's Animal Kingdom and every animal is doing what they do best. Exactly what you just said, Michael. The animals are a bit sleepy, snoozy. They're having a snooze. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, guys. I think Australia's had 29 years of uninterrupted economic growth. And that, is, that has never happened in any other country in all of human history. Mm. And so what that has bred is a population that is very used to comfort. Now, I look out today, we're in autumn, and I look out my window and the sky is magnificently blue. The, the weather is unseasonably warm. And I can understand why rather than sit on a call like this and try and add some value, I could be in my pool or having a little run around the block. I've done that, so that's okay. But the reality is... Um, that, that it's not normal in human experience for life to be so easy. And so it's, un, it's, a, it's not intelligent to imagine that it would stay like that forever. And so there's a huge opportunity for the people whose you know, animal is, you know, is a bit paranoid, get up early, stay up late and do some work. Um, and if you look at your industry, I, I think a lot of people are going to get found out. And so the opportunities are going to be... Um, you know, we're certainly, Danny and I and our partners, we've got 40 partners across Sydney and 15 officers, mate. We're, we're excited about the change that this will bring to our industry. It'll, it'll, it'll force our clients to want more value. It'll wake them up to, to, to ask us to help more. I don't see any particular downside unless you are completely determined to sleep in every day. Um, but then maybe there's, you know, a job as a sleep tester or something like that. Um, that, that would work for you. I'd really love to show you sort of as, as sort of evidence as the way we sort of play and a way yeah, that can really help yeah, you guys. In, yep, let's get into more um, detail, some bullet points of the JobKeeper and what you guys can do and what's out there. Have a look but, at this workbook, guys, because- Show me that workbook. I want to see yeah. that workbook. So this yeah. is an example of saying, hey, here's a situation. Instead of leaving our clients in the dark, let's get a, a weapon together that can really help them yeah. and make sure that, that there's your list. There's 13 initiatives, right? And there's probably more to come. Well, this is just a major focus of what we're looking at. Right. And, and what it does is it allows us to give you a scoreboard. DC, let's share with the guys. Here's a scoreboard, right? There's a six. This is a small business. Estimated per permanent savings, $278,000. Deferral of $23,000. So we can show any business exactly what the, the total cash saved or delayed will be. And so we can give you a scoreboard to show you how much money the government wants to give you. Mm. And what that'll do um, is, is firstly calm you down and give you a bit of certainty. Calm them down is a huge keep, one. Keep jobs. 
what's yeah. going on. Because sometimes people just think it's what, yeah, they only look at the 80% they're down in revenue, but they're not looking at their less expenses and their net position may be the so same. Let's go. Yep, exactly. Go to that P&L now. Go to the P&L, Michael. So what we do is we build a P&L that shows you, you know, your former P&L, your down P&L, and what happens to your P&L when we add back the stimulus. Yeah, so... so. so Normal you know, P here, what it looks like with the drop in 40% of revenue there. And then once we add your stimulus, where you end up and whether you're better off or worse off on the back of getting all that um, money from the government. So can so you these see cats, the these, these cats have lost 40% of their income, but they're still making the same amount of money. They're making, yeah, 500 bucks more. Wow. And what does that mean for the rent though? Is that the land? Like that's great for the business, but what's... How, how, what about for the landlord to, to sort of see that? Obviously, your, 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 your tenant probably doesn't want to show that to the landlord. So how does a landlord know the that? The landlord's okay, Michael, because, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of conversations with landlords and I just say to them, what do you think your cost is to get a tenant? Yep. And they go a bit quiet. And I say, well, listen, if you lose your tenant, which under the way the legislation's structured, it does give tenants a get out. If you lose your tenant 100%, would that be better than getting some rent? And then very quickly, they sort of go, yeah, no, no, okay, I better get some rent. I say, righto, well, let's think about how do we make sure we keep the tenant and we don't give them a trigger to get out of their lease and we make sure you're getting some rent. Now, most, most um, landlords are going to get at least 75% of the rent they were getting yesterday. And I, I must say that if you're in, if you're in a situation where you've got a, 20 to 30% decline in your rent for three to six months and you kept your tenant, you'll end up, you know, come January being one of the happy guys when you're sitting around having a beer with your mates because there are some landlords being a bit short term. And I've got to tell you, if you're looking to lease a commercial premises in February next year, you might find you're leasing into a very changed world. So the smart landlords are saying, yeah, mate, I'll give you a 50% reduction but I want an extension of my lease. And that, and I, I can agree with that straight off the bat as we do a lot of commercial property here and leasing. And we, if we look at the last 12 months, uh, even 18 months to rent a commercial property, on average, I, in my opinion, it's a six month vacancy up to 18 months. Um, so a landlord's really gonna look in the mirror almost at their property and go, okay, are you one of the properties that could be empty for 18 months, which is say one year's worth 50 grand, 18 months is almost 80 grand in rent. My 25 position less in rent from my tenant over that time is only worth two grand. Am I really wanting to risk 180 for two grand? The it's actually grand. worse than that. I, yeah. I think it's worse than that because I had been saying to Danny, um, we'd had, you know, landlord, trying to sell us a property, an owner trying to sell us a property. And I said, Danny, listen, mate, the market's good and it's not getting better. So if it's been taking, what a landlord needs to think about is if it has been taking six to 12 to 18 months to lease that property in the, in the market that we've come out of, which was the biggest boom in human history, then what do you reckon it's going to take to lease that property come February next year if you carry on like a pork chop? Yeah. Three years. You're What do you mean? It's the biggest, biggest boom in what was that? You said the biggest. What happened, Mark? Is post the GFC, governments in yep. the Western countries printed nearly eight times. You know, they increased the money supply by eight times the global money supply. Yeah. So over the last decade, we've lived the biggest boom in human history. You know, never before have governments increased the money supply by eight times. Therefore, all asset prices have gone up. If you owned a property in 2007 and you kept it until today, it's worth two or three times what it was worth in 2007. And that's largely been driven by the increase in money supply, not by increased productivity in the, in the, in the economy. And so as a result, now that that, that bubble has, has burst quite strongly, let's just say that, that, that the value of that property is not going to be higher in, in the short term, mm -hmm. certainly in the next five years, in my view. 
Um, although with this amount of stimulus, who knows? But but you would expect in a normal cycle that the property price isn't going to go up by another 50% in the next five minutes. And more importantly, the amount of damage done to businesses through this event means that the number of businesses who can rent or lease a property is just not going to be more. I'm not saying it's going to be dramatically less. I think it might be, but it's certainly not going to be more. And so the demand for any commercial property just based on the economics is not going to increase and more in the, in the next two to three years. And very, very importantly, many, many businesses like ours and many others are going to say, well, hang on, a lot of our guys want to work from home because their mums have got kids, they've got whatever, and they don't need to be in an office. So we, yep. we certainly, I can see people are going to use a lot less space and, and businesses generally are going to be under a fair bit of pressure for some years and yep. so I just don't see aggregate demand for leasing in any particular area dramatically rising. And if there's not dramatic increase in demand, there can't be dramatic increase in price. And more importantly, your leasing period is going to go up. And so to a landlord today, you know, the smartest landlord I have in any of our offices, we've got 15 of them, um, three of them are owned and 12 of them are leased but he's a landlord in a particularly amazing building. Um, and I phoned him and said, mate, you know, what can we do? And he said, yep, we'll give you this reduction. And I just want another 12 months on your lease. To which I said, I love you. They give us amazing service, mate. They're an incredible landlord. Um, you know, not only do I love the service he given the fact that he didn't ask to see our books. He didn't ask to see anything. Um, he was smart enough to know that the back end of, you know, three years, four years, five years, to get another another year on your lease is highly valuable. Now, most landlords are a bit more short-term than that, and I don't think as intelligent as this guy. The building's worth about $1.5 billion and it's privately owned. So, you know, you're talking about a guy with some brains. He bought yep. it, he purchased it in the last, um, in the 1991 recession for about $200 million. Um, But I, you know, I thought, okay, to me, that's the approach. You know, if you have to give a reduction, part reduction, part um, uh, abatement for, you know, and then spread it over the term of the lease. As an agent, ask them for an extension of the lease on the same term. Yeah, okay. get, get your owner another 12 months or, or another six months because they will thank you for that. So that's my view on commercial property, guys. I think landlords have had it good, as has everybody. By the way, tenants have had it good. Coffee shops have had it good. Every business has had it good because it's been a boom but we're not going into another boom. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. How, where, the, where things were off the back of that and then what are things like going to be off the back of this? So, okay. So what other key points are out there for business owners? And um, so that would, I get, and residential landlords may have a bit of a different view because the leasing is a lot less as well. Yeah, so I think residential landlords are in some pain. Okay, the, the reality is they're going to have to give to, to some degree some type of freebie rent. And, and look, I think that that's a dangerous precedent and, and he's creating a culture that says, well, somebody else should worry about my bills. So mm. I have a personal problem with enculturating this idea that someone else is responsible for your rent. However, in a time, you know, it'd be like in to your comment earlier, Mark, you know, if you, if you got th World War Three, I guarantee you during World War Two, a lot of landlords weren't getting paid any rent. <laughs> so that's yeah. a bit of a wake up we, call. Look, we, we manage, we, we're managing a lot of residential tenants and, and we, we found that the, the tenants have been excellent at honouring their debts and there's been no panic selling as a result from landlords, you know, because the landlords are keeping the properties because they're not worried about the rent not getting paid. So, We've actually been, I've been surprised how well, I think maybe Northern Beaches is um, that, you know, the uh, tenants don't, uh, aren't hanging out, uh, don't have their bums hanging out as much, but certainly they've been honouring on our end. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah. That's what we're seeing, Mark. We're, we're seeing right across our network, which is from, you know, Bathurst to Central Coast to Wollongong, so right yeah. across 
That would be very different if the JobKeeper program didn't come about. Yes, yeah, that's what I reckon. That's what I reckon. $320 billion is definitely, you know, uh, the first week was different though. You know, that wow. when 2 million jobs got lost, we saw the arrears go. And then then we've seen it all come back to normalise and just, they just, they don't want it to catch up on them in the end. Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. Because if you're, if you're a tenant that doesn't pay your rent, again, in six months, 12 months, when your lease renewal comes up, you'll be yeah. in a different spot. Um, and so I, I do think most Australians want to do the right thing. We're certainly seeing across our network of offices, we look after more than 90 real estate agency groups um, of every stripe and, you know, checking in with the owners of those. I think your experience is similar. That's in all parts of Sydney. Most people yeah. are just not fundamentally dishonourable. And, and where there is somebody saying, hey, I'm really struggling, a number of my clients who are big landlords are saying, yeah, mate, we're just helping them because, again, we want to keep a tenant um, we're not trying to put the boot in and we just work it out. So I think a mature approach makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, so once you've lodged, you can lodge by Monday, the JobKeeper, sooner, better than later. What's, and then you got to, what happens from there? Then does it give you a percentage figure that, do they say, yep, we've confirmed you're down 40%. You can go to your landlord and then say, here's my 40% uh, reduction. I get 40% off rent. Uh, how do they, once you've got JobKeeper, what do you do with the landlord? And because you know how they said, you, what, what, whatever percentage you're down, sixty percent, you get sixty percent off rent. How does the landlord know what's your percentage? Would you just recommend, or would you help your business owners? Uh, basically, you what the documents you provided with your yep. application would be what you would give the landlord, and then yeah. what would with the we're finding. Mate, most, most of our clients have a good enough relationship with their landlord. They can ring them up and say, listen, Michael, I'm down 30%. What can we do? Yes. And that's about as complex as the conversation's been. I haven't yet had to provide some sort of audit trail to a landlord. Now, some of them have asked for it. And I've just yes. said, mate, how hard do you want to go? Because, you know, if, if you can help me get you a nice, quick conversation, um, I can get you a better outcome than if, if I go back with a client, the client spends money for me to collate a bunch of information, then I'm going to ask you for every cent of the reduction. Whereas I'm saying to a client, listen, if you're down 50%, if you screw your landlord, mate, later you're going to have some pain. So why don't we ask for 30 or 40? Let's not, if we're down 61%, ask for 62%. So... I'm I'm, I'm, I've, got to I've got to tap out, but thank you very much. I'll leave, you, leave yeah. with Michael. Thank you, everyone. No problem. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, gents. Michael, get the landlord to get in touch with the with the um, with the tenant up front and try and work it out quick and easy. Yeah, but what about um, some? I know some owners have been like, "Well, they're still open. Why do I have to?" Some a lot of the owners that I've been dealing with aren't as forthcoming. Where and also, what um, are you having? So that's many easy. We can give them the information, like. Uh, out of it, Danny, maybe speak to that with Michael. We've got all the information. We can give it to the landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So perfect. Especially they're asking for like a statement to say this is how much I've dropped it. With the JobKeeper application, Michael, you're not actually giving any data. It's self-assessment more or less to the ATO, like everything that we do with the ATO. So it's not, hey, here's the exact percentage I've dropped. It's just I've down 30%, yep, yep. yes or no. Um, so with the landlord, it's, simple, it's, it's either give them an email, tell them a number, but yeah, for, we've had clients come and say things like, oh, I need a, um, a stat deck from my accountant to do this. I'm like, mate, we, we, we can't do stat decks for your rent, for mm. your revenue drop and stuff like that. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. Like Brett said, the landlords need to have a smart head on their shoulders and go, what's this look like long-term if I don't come to the party here? Um, the, and yeah, you don't want to have tenants yeah. that are being dishonest either. I suppose that's a good thing. There's, I, I, there is a bit of common sense to see what that business is because so, have, have you had any, I suppose by the time they engage you guys, they're probably genuinely down. But I, I know there's a lot of businesses who, when I look at it going, I think your revenues, if not up, because let's face it, there are a lot of people who are having increased revenue, but obviously it's not the environment to be like, hey, I'm doing more business. This is great. Hmm. Um, just set, sending, I know more in the residential market, there's a lot of people just sending emails, hey, I want to get free rent sort of thing. So yeah. it's just finding that balance where it's not, it, it is validated. So I think that's where a lot that's of owners want to Great point, Michael. Residential, I would just simply ask, are you receiving the JobKeeper 
um, payment. And so I would ask some questions. Commercial, there should be enough of a relationship there between the agent slash landlord and, and the tenant. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, one of the arguments we've run with commercial landlords is if, is if you cannot use the premises because of a government directive or the fact that the premises can't be provided in a in a situation that can guarantee the health of the people that might otherwise use that, that yep. then the landlord could find a situation where they get no rent rather than a reduction. So yep. it's just better to have a it's just better to have a chat rather than to push. You know, at the moment, um, I think it's a pretty risky strategy to push too hard. I think just try and get a deal done, you know. Yeah, good point. You look at the bigger picture, risk, reward. Okay, worst case, let's say they are not down revenue and they're going to get pull the wool over your eyes, but they're only saving $500 a week. Well, that cost to you is, let's say, $500 a week. But the, if they're not doing it and the risk of it, of it being empty for 18 months, could be uh, 40 grand a year. So do you really, for the sake of not getting misled for $500 to do it. So I, I suppose that's probably the big message that you guys are advising your clients. Yeah, we're just, we're just asking people to, I'm always saying, take a long-term view, you know, okay. just about 12 months, you know, we've all got long memories. If somebody does the wrong thing by us, we can remember. I think Brett's point before as well, just ask for the extension on the lease. Yeah. Cool. Happy to do it. We just want 12 months extra. Yeah. Very important. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to put out? Anything you want to get out there just because we're going to wrap it up soon. And so I spoke to you before, Daniel, about if there's a business owner out there and they're a bit worried about not knowing where to start, they can engage, they can call you even if they've never spoken to you before. There's, is it a bit, probably a bit of a, you don't have to have known you guys or have the couple year relationship for you to help out here. Is there a service you can offer people right now yep. to help yeah so we'll we're, we're like brett's um we showed you the tools that we've built around these job keeper program get in touch with us we'll help build that out for people um we'll make sure that they one that they meet the qualification requirements two that their audit trail and all the documentation is correct okay um so reach out to us we'll do that we'll go through that process for you like I mean, we touched on it before it's given all our clients a lot of real clarity around where their position sits we sort out all the defensive stuff they know what's going on and then we can sit down and look at all right what are we going to do the next six months to make sure when these payments stop in september our business is in a shape to actually survive and thrive post this stimulus because that's what's really important the period after job keeper more than just job keeper so um our emails and that i'll flick to you so we can share along with everything else yes perfect and um, there's a kelly partners office you know five minutes from almost every person in business in sydney there's, there's 40 partners, there's 250 people. We're doing this for, for over 2,000 businesses at the moment. So we do have, we've got nearly 8,000 businesses we look after in New South Wales. So there's a fair bit of expertise in-house. And so if you've got any questions, best thing to do is get on the dog and bone, reach out to Kelly Partners. Danny will give you a call or one of our directors. And, you know, the government are trying to give you money. This is a rare event, so don't be shy. Yeah, you're going to be paying it back. All of us are going to be paying it back at some point. So get what you can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just got to, we're going to go. Thank you very much for Have a great day. On. Sell some real estate. Yes, we will. And anyone out there, we'll put your contact details in that. If you guys want the version of this, I can send it to you as well. The video clip. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on. That clarifies a lot for business owners out there and some great uh, views. So thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Bye. Yeah.